Ladies and gentlemen, it's Joel at Cobreak. Welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. I've got a really special guest for you today, and we're going to be talking about making your company easier to run and immune to your competitors. Simon, welcome to the podcast. I love this music. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, what brings you to the Stay Hungry podcast? I'm here to share with your community of entrepreneurs how to have less stress when running a business because it's so stressful. But there are a couple of things that we can do to stay sane. Nice, like that. So, for the benefit of our listeners, talk, you know, you're well known for your TEDx talk. Talk, talk to us about who you are. I am doing since 18 years just one thing. And this is coaching business owners on their go-to-market. And now when you do go-to-market, you have a ton of problems popping up. And the problems are mainly in operations and in marketing. So how do you integrate sales, marketing, and operations? And this has become my passion integrating sales, marketing, and operations. And, and this is what we do. We coach them uh, in, in all countries on this planet. Meanwhile, I started this alone and then we were five people and now it's a global thing. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do. We help business owners navigate these crazy times and uh, having fun growing their business because it's not that easy to keep the fun going on. At some point, the monster is running you instead of you running the monster. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, we help them get back in control, create more wealth, more freedom every month and enjoy the ride. So the name of your company is Strategy Sprint. Talk, talk to okay. me about that. Strategy Sprints. So what we, we like to work on people on their strategy, meaning are we doing the right things? Mm -hmm. And then when you have that, you need to work on execution. Are we doing them the right way? And for us, the right way is in small chunks of intense labor and then party. And that's a sprint, basically. Sure. For, sure. for a specific time box, the whole team just solves one bottleneck and then it's the weekend. That's our sprint method, the strategy sprint method. Sure. So how, how long is a sprint? Seven days. Seven we work days. in cycles of 90 days. Yep. For 90 days, we do a diagnosis of the situation, 11 levels of uh, all the elements that you need for an invincible company. And then we find the main bottleneck and we define three goals. These three goals will be measured with three numbers every seven days. And the sprint length, the execution of this roadmap that we call the game plan, yep is in chunks of seven days. So for seven days, the whole team, the CEO plus people from operations, marketing, and sales, that's the sprint team, they will solve one bottleneck after the other. And the bottlenecks are always around the value chain. Let's say the value chain is awareness, interest, engagement, 80% ready to buy, customer, upsell, cross-sell. If this is your pipeline, every week we'll improve one conversion rate from B to C or from D to E. And that is one sprint with one focus that we measure. Whatever is working, we do more of that. What's not working, we do less of that. 
It's like strategy consulting meets growth hacking. That's why it's fun. Nice, nice. So uh, I guess many of our listeners, the bigger their businesses get, the bigger their problems get. Uh, so how, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with business owners that think when their business grows, all their problems will be solved? My problems were bigger in the first three years, uh, actually, because okay. the first three years are the hustle, the grow stage. Oh, the grow. So growing is really hard. You have to find one thing that people really need. Then you have to stick your flag into the earth and say, this is what I stand for. I will improve this now every week. And, and then you get into the next phase. Mm -hmm. For us, this is around 35K MRR or 35K monthly revenue. This is basically when you move from growth to scaling because yeah. you can easily do 35K just by working more, but you cannot do 36. You cannot do the same thing from there on. You have to change gears. And usually it's we are the bottleneck, the founder. Yeah. We love this, we built this, and now we are in the way. <laughs> and so usually we start mapping down the processes. We call, we call it the sprint map. We write down all the SOP manual, basically. Yep. All the magic in one place. And then we pull out the, the founders out of the weeds. They get growth tasks. Sometimes we have to teach them what are growth tasks, joint ventures, branding, um, writing the book, becoming the authority, being on many stages, all these kind of things that have a high leverage point, uh, but are long-term. And so we help them get into the higher leverage tasks. This is also when we refine how they do cash flow management and treasury and investments, and also start considering buying uh, other small businesses that you can integrate into your value chain to scale even faster. And, uh, and that for me was the fun part. So the, the hard part was all this research and development and building the product and talking to 100 people per week. And then you have five who, who start with you and of these five trials, only three become a customers. Wow, that was hard. But then scaling was actually easy because in scaling is, okay, now it's not about me anymore. Now it's completely about who we are here to serve and who resonates with this and understanding who, what the community aspect is and then serving the community. This is much more fun because now everybody is improving the business and I am basically like Leonard Bernstein looking at everybody and saying, yes, 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 yes well done. Sure. So it's much more predictable when you get to that stage. Yes. And my job is just keeping the culture, keeping the, the team right, bringing in the right people, keeping the culture right, the spirit. Sure. So I'm a director. I, I, I've been through this process. You know, our, our leverage stuff is the podcast. It's our book, that kind of thing. But I know I was very difficult to pull out from the weeds. Um, and I found it personally very difficult. And I know Andy, our, our co-director, found it difficult too. How do you speak to a CEO or a director and encourage them that doing the job is not what they should be doing anymore? 
oh, these are the tough conversations that sprint coaches have every week. Right now we have them with 14 people in, in, in 12 countries. Then, um, and the conversation goes like this. Uh, oh yeah, 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 it's great that I should write an SOP manual, but I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you have time? Can you, can you please show me how, how are you allocating your time today and yesterday? And so we let them write down their time, how they spend their time. And then we say, okay, how many of these tasks 10x your business? How many of them 5x your business? How many of them 3x your business? And so we go down. Uh, and by doing this, you have these conversations where bit by bit, they realize, okay, three hours of my time here are not serving the scale of my business. They are just serving the maintenance of my business. Do I really need to do maintenance? Do I really need to do fulfillment? So we help them because we categorize by colors for tiers of tasks, and then they have to color their task. And then they see, oh my God, I have a lot of red tasks. Red is fulfillment. And then they go, okay, how can I get out of this? And then we start the conversation on how to delegate, how to hire, how to systemize. Sure. So at that stage, you know, the kind of 30K to 35K stage where you should start to scale, how do you encourage a business owner to reinvest in the business to do that? Because they're going to take a hit at that point. That's, that's going to be the time where they feel squeezed for the first time in a, in a while. Exactly. Yes, you have to show them that there is a plan behind it. So you need to help them build the reserves and build up to that point. Yep. And so what is helpful is when you have a coach that just walks you through the numbers, look, we can expect so many months of a downturn. Uh, we can expect this to be the marketing budget that you need. This is the operations budget. This is the sales budget that you need. And then also to find what is really more important is to hire first an operations guy, to hire first some salespeople, to hire some marketing people. Uh, let's, let's solve one bottleneck after the other. And so and then we really check and say, okay, in this case, sales is your bottleneck. Go first for somebody who, who is a VP of sales. And then we will check the operations and marketing. So, and for a couple of months, we just improve this system, the safe system until it really works perfectly and they feel well when they go on holidays, still everything is working. That's our test, by the way, the four weeks vacation is one of our 274 assignments in the 90 okay. days. Yeah, and one is schedule a four weeks uninterrupted vacation in your calendar. Wow. The, the Europeans, they go along with it our Californian clients, they get a panic attack. Okay. They, these are people, they say, yeah, I'm on holiday the next three hours because I'm getting a kidney uh, transplanted, but you can reach me on my phone sure. if you need me. <laughs> so they really panic. And so we say, okay, okay, put it in your calendar for next year, not this summer, next year. And then they go, all right, Simon, just because you were telling me. And then they do it. And then they realize, oh, wow, this was very good. 
because the good part about the vacation is not so much the vacation itself is this we bring everything in order because we know that we have to let it go and this bringing everything in order is really what creates this peace and clarity and um, and and then of course they love it but <laughs> first the sprint coach needs really to to <laughs> to invite them to this yeah build their confidence to do it yeah that's that's amazing i i mean, i've just had a two week vacation um one week because i had to isolate for covid that wasn't fun uh and one week because i went on a a family holiday and it's the first time in 10 years of business where i didn't have my phone i had no contact with the office and it really does give you confidence that you're getting things right that that the business is in a, a good place and that is important Cool. You don't have that. You have stress all the time. You have negative hormones going through your body all the time, and you are frantic. And when you are frantic with the frantic energy, people run away from you. So if you if you are the sales team and you are frantic, people run away from the deals. If you are the marketing team and you are frantic, people unsubscribe. If you are the CEO and you are frantic, people don't want to do joint ventures with you. Yeah, that makes sense. So, how do you make your company immune to the competition? Yeah, that's a cool tool that we use. We use the equalizer once a month, half an hour. It's a spreadsheet, a quite okay. simple spreadsheet, but it calculates stuff for us. And it's it's about finding our niche and then also maintaining the niche. Because yeah. at the beginning of your business, the right positioning means really niche, niche up. But then when you have found your niche, now every month you need to maintain incomparability, maintain uniqueness. And as you know, it's easy just to do what everybody does. So yeah, we are on Clubhouse because everybody's on Clubhouse. We're on Instagram because everybody's on Instagram. We do webinars because that's how you do it. And, as, and without noticing, you are vanilla like everybody else. Yeah. So that's why once a month, we put our heads together, half an hour, we go through the equalizer, and I'm happy to share the equalizer with your audience, because in half an hour, it asks you, okay, what are the top three competitors doing? What are you doing? Where are you winning? Where are you not winning? And then it calculates three buckets of your budget for your next months. It says, this is where you cut costs, because you are not winning and you are not going to win. So do not even compete let them have it. They are the best. You are not. So cut 20% of your expenses, cut 30% of your expenses from that bucket. And you see exactly the bucket, the features. And then in, in the middle, it says, well, do less. You are not winning, do less. And then in the, on the right side, it says double down. This is where you are right now winning. So you don't have to innovate anything. Just put more attention into it. And attention is money and people. Sure. So put more money into it. Reinvest from the left side where you're not winning. Reinvest that 20% this month, basically in this budget month. So next month, reinvest it into this feature. And there is something really important happening when you have this team meeting and you go through these topics. Because sometimes 
things pop up that you didn't think about. For example, I was very positively surprised when somebody from my team said, wait a moment, our main differentiator is not even this one here, it was speed. And then, and then it's not even speed. And somebody else says, yeah, but we have 40 people who said plug and play, that's what you stand for. Uh, and then somebody else said, yeah, 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 but one thing is really what we stand out for. And that's CEO to CEO coaching. You never have that. You never get the business owner coaching the business owner. Yeah, you get junior consultants usually when you call the, the big consultancies. And so, and we went like, oh, that's true. Let's play it with this feature. And then it was a completely different map and uh, it helped uh, stay incomparable and sometimes even find uh, a new uniqueness. So these are relevant conversations to have. Oh, that's amazing. So something, you know, we're, we're a marketing company by trade, something we often have a challenge with our customers with is telling them to niche down. To, they, it's a really scary proposition for a business that's at the 30K, 35K a month mark to say your audience is too big, you're, you're too broad. How do you have that conversation? I love that conversation. I have that every week. So first I send them, literally, I send them the equalizer. So people listening right now, go grab it if you want to try it. It's half an hour, well invested. Strategiesprince.com slash equalizer. Awesome. And just awesome. download it and do it. Now, the first question is total, total addressable market. And they think, because they did some market research and it says, I don't know, the ESG market has uh, eight, 8 billion market potential. Now, the first thing that you have to know, yes, that is market potential if you are Elon Musk, <laughs> but you are probably not. So your market potential is what you can access in one week. If you send out one email to everybody you know, that's your total addressable market. And don't think in fantasy markets, think in your real market. And your real market is your email list plus all your affiliate partners, plus all your friends and family. That's your real market. <laughs> so, if we follow that, now they say, well, but if I niche down too much, in this month, I will have less revenue. Probably yes, in this month, but you will probably also triple in the next month because as soon as you niche down, you do stuff so much better. And when you do stuff better, your team is happier, you improve things all the time, and they, guess what they do after the call with you? They go and play tennis. That's with another human being. They will ask, why are you so happy? Wow, my new marketing, woo! Oh, who did that? Tony, you have to call Tony. So, and that is your referral system right there because the, the best thing to have is impact. And when you have real impact, they will tell, and then you can create case stories and the case stories you reuse in your emails. And that becomes a positive loop of the case story, you do a video, the video goes to YouTube, it goes again in your email sequence. And now 10 times per week, you create positive stories. You, you can try, if you go on strategiesprits.com and click anything, in the next 50 days, you will get so many client success stories. In the evening, you, you are on your iPad and you just watch something, you will see a client success story. Yeah. And then you go to LinkedIn, 
and uh, you want to connect to somebody two days later, you, you will see one of our client success stories. And that that is just from this simple positive loop that you just serve one very specific individual. And one mental model to let go is that you need 1,000 clients. You don't need 1,000 clients. You need one client a thousand times. So every day I think of how can I create one super fan? How can I solve one problem of one person in such a deep and meaningful way that I have a super fan for life? Sure. And this is, if you do this for three years, you have 300 super fans. Uh, sorry, you have almost 1,000 super fans. And if you have 1,000 super fans, you don't need anything as you are de-risked. Sure. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I might just play this video to all of all of our prospects and, and see what they say. <laughs> yes. So something that I know you focus on as well is the habits of a CEO. And I guess a lot of the businesses you, you meet, they have bad habits. How do you how do you identify the bad habits and how do you coach them away from their bad habits? We, we use three habits, daily, weekly, and monthly. The daily habit is really to write down how you are allocating your time. So what they do is every day they write down the flow of their day. And every evening they have two reflective questions. What can I delegate more? And if I would live more freely and more intentionally, what would I do tomorrow? Mm -hmm. There is a delegation question and there is an intention question. Doing this every day, they now identify their time suckers, their energy suckers, their low level tasks and their bad habits. So usually they tell me, ooh, I have realized that I am too much on Instagram, I'm too much on Netflix, that doesn't really serve my business, that doesn't really serve my happiness. So they find stuff that they cut and they find stuff that is higher leverage. That's the daily habit. So they improve their habits basically by just going through this process automatically. The weekly habit is simplifying the numbers that you get and getting them every seven days instead of you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 days. So we want three numbers from marketing, three numbers from sales and three numbers from operations. And they are very simple, the operations numbers how many client complaints did you get? How fast did you get them? How many clients want to refer you to somebody else? Sales numbers. How many conversations did you have? How many trials? Uh, how many closed? So what's the conversion rate? And then new earnings. And then the marketing numbers. How many people were on your website today? How many people want something from you? How many follow-ups did you do? For example, just if you pick just the, the first three numbers that come to your mind, they're probably the most important in your, in your value chain. But the magic happens when you start collecting these every seven days and talking about them every seven days. Sure. So let's sure. say on Friday you come together, which most of our clients do, and they see these nine numbers and they see if they're going up or down, they have a very relevant conversation for half an hour, they decide the, the one thing to build or to improve for that week, and then they go apart and everybody builds. And that's a very cool flow. Now you have, it. this doesn't feel like work now. This feels like these are friends who are playing basketball because they have three numbers. So it's very clear what the goal is, very clear who is doing what, 
And th that's positive. And it's like angry birds. You sh shoot the bird 500 points. You shoot the next bird 800 points. What do you want next? A thousand points? Exactly. This is human nature. It works. I, I, I ask this question in, in every country and uh, everybody says, yeah, I want the next, the next bigger number. That's, that's how we are wired. If you look at children, we are playful and, uh, and we want to feel our impact and we want feedback on our actions. And, and we prefer positive feedback. We want to see things that are green. We don't like red numbers. Sure. So that dashboard becomes red when it goes up. It beca uh, sorry, becomes red when they go down the numbers. It becomes green when they go up. And everybody wants more green than red. Simple dashboard, simple gamification. That's the weekly habit. Sure. And the monthly habit is the equalizer. Once a month, check if you are swimming in the right direction at the right pace. Are we unique enough or did we become vanilla again? Do we need to become more incomparable to swim free from competition? Let's do half an hour equalizer. Amazing. So why, why would a business become vanilla again? I, I see this a lot where um, businesses grow, they, they push to a certain stage and, and then they plateau. Why does that happen? Because we are wired that way. Our core function, and there is a book here actually recommended to me by Peter Thiel, which is his favorite book, René Girard, and Things Hidden Since the Foundation of the World. This is a, a big uh, historic uh, exploration of biomimicry. Biomimicry means we emulate what others do. Yep. If you look at children, children do what the parents do. My, my children, I have two boys, they in the kitchen, they have their own kitchen and they cook in their kitchen while I cook in my kitchen because that, that, they love that. Whatever Papa does, we want to do. That's how we are wired. We learn that way. We commune, we connect that way. We want to be part of something, not to fall out of tribes all the time. Sure. And so that's biomimicry. So we do what everybody does. We see webinars. Oh, I have to do webinars. We do. We see this kind of launch. We do this kind of launch. We see Clubhouse. Everybody's in Clubhouse. And so that's what we do, right? If right now, if you are a Bitcoin guy, then you hang out with the Bitcoiners and uh, you, you post diamond hands. If you are the gold camp, you do the same thing there. That's biomimicry, right? Sure. <laughs> and... Uh, that's how we are wired. So unintentionally, if you don't stop and reflect to do a quick contrarian move to yourself, you automatically just do what everybody does. Why are you using HubSpot? Yeah, because everybody does. Uh, wh why did you buy Bitcoin? Yeah, it's, it's the thing. And what are the fundamentals behind it? Are you sure? What is the difference between proof of work and proof of stake? Did you understand what you are doing? Uh, and, um, and then you see that sometimes we don't work at the fundamental level. We are just doing what everybody does. You see it with investments. Most, most investors inv invest when things go up, which is the, the wrong point, of course, to invest. But that's how strong we are wired. Oh, everybody's buying Tesla. Let me buy Tesla. Sure. Then you are, you are probably too late. Yeah. So I guess last year, the people that did well out of investments bought in March and April last year, they didn't buy in November, December. So, exactly. 
Yeah, I hear you. So I guess what's the most fun part of showing a business this for you? What what makes you do this? Why I, I do the business that I do? Yeah. Oh, I am motivated by connecting people, by helping people. Since a child, I want to make friends. I want to bring people together. I want to have a good time. So I want to be surrounded by cool people and by a nice atmosphere that is more like a party and more like a sports festival and a sports competition with the party that comes after it. That's what I like. And nice. this is what I want my life to be. And this is what I want that everybody can have access to right now. And since it's technologically easy to do that, let us do that. Let us do more of what is fun and more of what works. And I know how to do it because I had to build it for myself. And I have to solve problems every week as an entrepreneur. That's what you do. So I love solving problems. And that's what I do every day. And it gives me meaning. It makes me feel alive. And it gives me especially a connectedness and uh, the, the opposite of being alone is, is what I have with my business because there is the ecosystem that we are with my colleagues. There's the ecosystem of our clients. We help our clients connect to each other in communities, in masterminds. And that really gives me uh, fulfillment and, and happiness in the first place. The second, also wealth and um, a legacy that I can pass on, which I also like a lot. And, and that's the combination. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really inspiring. So I'm, I'm really intrigued, kind of thing, things you've mentioned. Legacy is a huge one. Um, I know that CEOs and directors don't always think about legacy. So uh, something, something you've just mentioned is solving problems is what you enjoy doing. It took me a while as a director to understand that the best part of my job is solving problems. I thought it was the worst part of my job. How, how do you approach that when you bring a new client on board? Yes. How fun is it, right? That we want things to go smooth and then the problems come in and we hate the problems, <laughs> but, but as an entrepreneur, you have more problems than anything else. Sure. It, everything starts with a problem. So the banking system is broken. 70% are unbanked. Well, let's solve it. What's the best uh, solution? Uh, crypto. And so let's do that. That's how we create things, right? So when I wake up Monday morning, first thing that I do is go running. And I know that in the afternoon, because I don't check emails before 12 o'clock, until 10 o'clock, I do deep work. But then 12 o'clock, I check emails for the first time. And I know that there are 13 problems there. Sure. I know. In different countries. And so we'll have to solve them in the afternoon. And sometimes it's not fun, but it's just what we do. We are here to serve. That's the mission. And sometimes you can make it fun by gamifying. Mm -hmm. So how many problems did we solve this week? Oh, look, it's going green again. So, for example, right now, I have a ton of investment in Bitcoins. I don't feel really well with the price development. So, I check the hash rate every day. How many? What's the hash rate? What's the community doing? Etc. So, you can keep uh, 
by by keeping with the problem, the problems get lighter. Yeah. So I found out is let's just make every hour more fun. Whatever the hours are that you work, if it's six or eight or 12, whatever it is, make every single hour more fun. And so gamification, like my buttons and like having the numbers and having uh, and, and cheering on when somebody has sold something in my team, uh, we have a sound for that. And when somebody has uh, really solved the big problem, we have a sound for that. And we cheer each other uh, and, um, and we support each other and we challenge each other so that solving the problem is really the core of what we do. And we love the journey, not just the destination, not just when you sell it 200 million, but every single week that this person had a problem and you help them solve them and they went home and they were more relaxed and they were a better uh, father, a better mother, better part of their community. That's the cool thing that happens every day a couple of times. That's amazing. So you said something else. Um, enjoy the journey. That That's a huge statement. And I'm still learning to enjoy the journey. Uh, I guess as children, you're taught to focus so much on the destination and you forget to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you, you know, if you reach a goal, often it was the journey that was the best bit. The actual getting, getting there is a bit, a bit of a letdown. It's never quite as good as the journey itself. How do you explain that to a CEO that the day that they sell their business or the day that they go public, actually it was the journey that was the good bit? I start every day by running 10 kilometers. Whatever happens, that's what I do before breakfast. And the reason why I do it is that every CEO has inner work to do. And by inner work, I mean, you need to be in your own loneliness and learn to be in it. You need to embrace your fears and your concerns and uh, let them be instead of pushing them away. And also you need to reach that point of discomfort at least once a day when you want to quit and to stay with that and decide not to quit, continue until this feeling transforms and becomes, oh, look, I can do this. And so this is what I do in that 10 kilometers. Uh, It's always the same time, always the same length, but it's a different speed. And so around kilometer seven, I want to give up. Uh, I didn't eat since now 16 hours. I am tired. I don't want to do this. Why don't I just quit and go to a bakery and buy something? But I will stay with that. And 10 minutes later, it transforms. The, the, I don't even know if you can call it pain. It's not even pain, right? It's this discomfort. And then after 10 minutes, it will transform in something else. And it is calmness and being proud. And then I come here, I play with my boys, I make breakfast for them. And then I go and, and uh, serve the world on my computer. But I had this small cycle of wanting to give up, not giving up and rising out of it again. This was a small, very important transformational hour. And now that I'm back here, 
I am in the right mindset because these 13 problems will come. I know I can endure. I know we will solve them. So no problem. Okay. Yes, I see this is not going well. Let's do the bottleneck analysis. Let's define the actions and let's get this done right now. Awesome. I've been really, really looking forward to this podcast and you, you haven't disappointed. Um, what can a director or a CEO do to, to reach out to you? We hang out at strategiesprints.com and we are social animals. We are everywhere. If you write Strategy Sprints or Simon Severino, you find us everywhere. If you like podcasts, we run a podcast every day. It's called the Strategy Sprints Podcast. It's on YouTube and everywhere. If you like Facebook groups, we have a private Facebook group. But if you say that you come from the code breakers, then I will let you in. Uh, the Facebook group is called Entrepreneurship in Sprints. And that's it. This is where we hang out. If you want the equalizer, go and grab it, strategysprints.com slash equalizer. Amazing. Awesome. I've got one final question. It's a strange question. I ask everybody on the podcast. What's your favorite movie and why? My favorite movie is Ford versus Ferrari. Cool. Because my business coach at that time, a couple of years ago when, when it came out, he called me and said, my wife and I, we just watched this. Simon, this is the movie of your life. And I go, why? He said, this is the Sprinter movie. And I watched it and I immediately got it what he meant. I love this movie. It's about staying crazy, staying foolish, and not, not let yourself become a committee, become anything vanilla. Stay crazy because that's your superpower. Amazing. Amazing. We say stay hungry, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Simon, I've, I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much for coming on the Stay Hungry podcast. And remember, people, check out Simon's company. And hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.